My name is Mimi Bouchard, and I'm a personal development junkie that is here to help you transform your life so that you can truly tap into your ultimate potential. I'm a meditation teacher and a podcaster, and in this podcast, I am raw, I am real, and I share everything I possibly can to make this journey of self-discovery and transformation easier for you. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mimi podcast. Today, we are here with Eliza Gelman. She is the host of Hotter Than Health, the podcast. She is a nutritionist, a personal trainer, and a really cool girl. I was on her podcast a couple months back, and we decided to have her on here because we loved the conversation. So welcome, Eliza. Thank you for coming on my show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I've listened to your show for a long time and I've always thought, Hey, we could do this. And now we're here. <laughs> now we're here. I want to hear about your story though. Cause last time when I was on your show, I was the one blabbering the whole time. I want to hear everything to do with you, how you got to where you are today, what initially interested you in health and fitness and your relationship with yourself throughout the years and how that's evolved to where you are today. Oh, well, I don't know how much time we have, but (laughs) essentially I, I did always grow up with a family who was, we were in tune with nutrition. I feel lucky to have been given that foundation when I was young. So for example, if I was staying at my dad's house, my parents were divorced, but if I was staying at my dad's house, we were never ordering out. We were always cooking all these different things, but if I was really, really cold, my dad would think, okay, maybe you're anemic. Let's put, let's cook the greens on the cast iron so that you can get that natural iron. And he, if I, if I was ever frustrated or antsy, he'd be like, have you had water today? And at the time I just wanted to just punch someone, but looking back, I'm so grateful for those like dad moments that instilled, you know, dads just end up doing that. They just end up putting in the, the little tips. So I've always grown up with that foundation moving into college. I, I can't say that I was someone who really loved college. And I know that's not what people want to hear. I'm very grateful for the opportunity. And I met a lot of amazing people, but college really, it just wasn't for me. I didn't feel myself. I joined a sorority, which was silly. And it was just like bullies. It was not a good thing. And I ended up actually getting into a really horrible car accident, ended up breaking my back and was told that I might not be able to walk. And at that time, I thought, absolutely not. We're taking this into our own hands. You tell me I can't do something. I'm going to do it 10 times over. And i that's when I got my personal training certification. From there, probably 10, 11 years ago, that's when I started really getting into what food can do for the body, how movement can heal and I think that fitness was my gateway drug into supplementation, digestion, holistic health, nutrition, all of these different pillars in the wellness industry. And I think at that time I was extremely self-critical. I think we all can be, but I think I just loathed myself. I was always trying to change. I was always trying to fit in. I've never really fit in. I've never had like those three best friends all growing up, I've always had different batches of friends, different. And it always made me feel so guilty. Like what's wrong with me. And I think that as I have, as I've grown and as I've really cleared myself through food, through movement, finding what works for me, I've started to realize that those are actually things that make me 
really good at what I do, helping other people. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where I am right now. And not to say that I'm like landed there, but that's where I feel like I am right now. You know, I can't even tell you how much I resonate and I'm sure the audience resonates with the whole friend thing. That's something that no one really talked about until you turn like 24, 25. When, yeah. when you're younger, the, the friendship circle thing really affects you. And I resonate with you. I felt the exact same way. I never was like, I, I never felt like I was in a really amazing supportive group of friends. And I kind of just teetered in and out of groups and never really like big groups as well. I've always felt my safest and best with like one individual friend at a time and, you know, mean girls and in, in university that's, you know, I, I experienced that all of high school, middle school, and the two semesters I was at university. <laughs> Why I should have taken a page out of your book. I remember I thought, I was like, I gotta, I'm just gonna graduate early or I'm just gonna get out. But I think that at the time it was always should, should, should. And I didn't have that path. And I had my older sister. I do wanna preface, I have amazing friends. I have so much support, but I, it was never. It was at that uh, time. It wasn't, it wasn't at that time. I feel, yeah, it wasn't around me. We all went to different schools. And it was never, I never felt like I could call because I never thought that anyone would understand what I was going through. But actually, if you just talk about it, chances are people understand the shitstorm of your life that is college. So, yeah. and then, so you broke your back in this car accident and then how did you start walking again? Like, how did you heal yourself? <laughs> it was, it was pretty crazy. The story, when we talk about, we've talked about intuition before we, we talked about it on the podcast when you came on there's something about your intuition that you can, you cannot explain that it's your gut. And I remember the morning that I got invited to go on this hike where we had to drive through the snow to get to you. I remember thinking, I don't have any logical reasons why I don't want to go, but I don't feel like this is some, like this doesn't fit today. But at the time I was dating someone and I wanted to look cool and whatever, we were in the mountains and I thought, okay, let's go for a cool hike. Opportunity that you don't get all the time. It starts snowing and my hands are so numb by the end of this hike that we get back to the car. And while we're driving away from our parking spot, it's really starting to snow. So we're thinking, okay, let's get back to campus where, you know, roads are being cleared my fingers are so numb still at the time from the hike that I have, I'm fiddling with the seatbelt to put it on and I'm sitting in the back seat. We're driving down and I went to school in the mountains. It's switchbacks. So these narrow mm-hmm. roads and you can see the snow coming down windshields, wipers are going fast. And all of a sudden we hit a patch of ice. We start to turn perpendicular on the, these switchbacks and an 18 wheeler is coming towards us <gasps> while we are. So we're about to be T-boned by a potential 18 wheeler. And I, this is so vivid and clear. We slide through the ramp, like the, uh, it's thank God we didn't go off the opposite side of the road. Otherwise we would have gone down the mountain, but we went into like the side of the mountain. And so we broke across this barrier, this metal gate that held the streets, whatever. And we flipped twice and I ended up, we, uh, we landed and I was on my back. And I just thought that, I thought that the wind had been knocked out of me really in a crazy way, 
because everyone else, I, I remember waking up thinking I'm the only one that survived. I remember thinking like I, every, this is, and there was Hawaiian music playing on the radio still. It's the creepiest feeling still to this day. There's like Malakalikimaka in the background and it's just this haunting experience. But anyways, so I start looking around and people are, they're awake and they're okay. This is amazing. Ambulances are called all these things. And I start to get out of the car and I'm wondering, I thought that I was in such a state of shock that that's why it was hard for me to move. And after about 10 or so minutes, the EMS people were thinking the way that you're moving makes it feel like you did something. And I was walking like rigid, barely taking tiptoes and I couldn't sit down. And so they lay me on this stretcher and they're like, we have to take you to the hospital. I was like, no, please don't. I can't afford this hospital bill. Like we can't afford to go in an ambulance to the, it's like $10,000 to get yeah. there. They're like, it, we, they're like, you're in. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck. And so we get in and I'm still like in the state of shock right now. And so they take me to the hospital. I'm in there for six, seven hours, getting all these scans. And they, the doctor comes in, I'm still in the stretcher. Like my head and neck are still in this uh, strapped in Velcro thing. And I'm alone. They won't let my, they won't let me have my phone. They won't let me, anyone to come talk to me. <laughs> and the doctor comes in and he says, so I have some good news. We think you'll be able to walk again. And I immediately was like, look, get me up. I will show you. And so at that point they did another scan. I was like, there's no way I was walking after the accident. Just do it again. So we did another scan and they ended up allowing me to walk. I was like, I think y'all are, they didn't think that I would be able to walk out of the hospital essentially. So I wore a back brace for like four months and it was, it's so crazy because people can't see that injury. Uh, you're just wearing this brace kind of under sweatshirts and things like that. And it wasn't like a Regina George moment where I had, you know, metal rods sticking out. But I remember I called my uncle who was a, a, uh, a surgeon at the time. And I said, what can I do? I want to start healing and repairing right now. Granted, I wish that I had taken a little more time to actually get out of that state of shock mm-hmm. and then start healing. I went straight into proactive, hyperactive, let's get going. So I would just slowly walk. Like I would just walk down the hallway every day. I would do random uh, hamstring strengthening, all, all these different PT things. That's how I started to realize how movement could really fix. Mm-hmm. So that's a long story. Oh but. my God. I bet that was just the most traumatic thing. And I'm so sorry you had to go through that, but how vividly you remember that moment. I, you just described it with so much detail that I feel like now I was there. Like that's, it's pretty really crazy, crazy. I am like just in awe that you, that you went through that. That's crazy. So I'm so it's sorry. Interesting now. And, and, and it's, you know what, it's a learning experience and it's one of those moments that I'm really grateful for actually, because then you realize how precious time is and how precious your body is and movement is. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a beautiful perspective. (sighs) So after you went through that, um, now let's get into more fluffy things. You got into as you healed yourself. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And what about food? Like, did you ever Mm -hmm. have, um, like, I guess, go crazy on different different diets. Do you have bad relationship with food? Did you like heal that? 
Let's talk it's about so that. funny because I think that for me, I never learn things while they're happening. It's always afterwards. Don't we all? God, and I, some people are so self-aware. My self-awareness is definitely developed. So I was in college and this is when I started to really realize that I had this crazy binge mentality. I would, if I drank at night, I would, this is how I knew alcohol also, you know, I'm, I'm fine with alcohol. I don't have a problem, but I just, it doesn't do well in me. And I would drink and then I would immediately recluse and I would go home, not tell anyone, walk home, go to Jimmy John's and get a, like a foot long sub with everything in it. And like close my door in my room, watch Netflix drunk, eating these Jimmy John subs. And that would be every single time I drank. It was like, okay, if I'm drinking, I know I'm going to be alone later. And in this weird cycle. And then the next morning I would be hyperactive, go to the gym for an hour and a half and just like run or be on the elliptical before I realized weight training was probably a better fit. So I ended up doing like all these juice cleanses, making soups, all that. It was really healthy, but then I would have three like family size bags of chips, or I would have just French fries for three meals a day on the weekend. It would just be such a crazy contrast. Mm. And with that, I would look back after a few years of realizing this is, I can't be preaching this. If I saw someone else doing this, I saw it in other people and I recognized it in myself. And then I started realizing, okay, I have no energy. My anxiety is crazy. I have insane cystic acne all over my face. And it was like right around the chin. So I knew it was hormonal. And so I realized something was up. Like my body was telling me something. I had what's called like moon face. So I think a lot of people who like, I have a very heart shaped face, but when I am inflamed, my face is out of this world round. Like are we the same person? I have like the roundest face ever. (laughs) But you have like cherry cheeks. Yours is like beautiful. It doesn't. Yours isn't an an, in state of inflamed. I think some people have like long oval faces. Some people have round. Some people have heart. But like, I just would look at myself and be like, "Who the fuck is that? Yeah, who is that?" And then I was like, "Okay, something's got to give." So I reduced the amount that I was drinking. And I would drink just on a Saturday with friends. And that was all fine. I would go to the gym in the morning before my day. And then I started having like through, you know, egg whites, the bodybuilding diet for a little while, but I started to realize that I was feeling better and I had more energy. My cystic acne was going away. I had, I had chronic UTIs, like UTIs all the time. And I kept going to doctors and getting antibiotics. And they kept saying, wait, what you have chronic UTIs as in like six or seven a year. Mm -hmm. And they didn't give me any answers. And so I had to find them myself. I was like, I have an overgrowth of something. I'm having extreme, like I have no immune system essentially. And so by reducing my stress levels, Um, I had been a group fitness instructor at the time. I, I quit doing it (laughs) literally as soon as I did that, everything changed. Like no way it was, this is, there's so many things to go into. I, I, I could go on forever, but the, the fitness industry where I was in, I would wake up at like 
3.30 in the morning, go coach four classes, but the classes were in the dark. So this is how I know circadian rhythm is such a huge impact because you wake up and your body thinks, oh, I need to be in the sunlight. I need hydration and movement, but you're in a black room screaming at people at 5 a.m. Cortisol levels are spiked through the roof all morning. And then by the time it's 10 a.m., that's the first glance of sunlight I'm getting. And it just like, as soon as I left that position, UTIs went away, cystic acne went away. The weight that I was holding onto like behind my hips slowly started to go away. Like my stress and the circadian rhythm balancing. Yep. Wow. And you've, so you've had those moments, those times where your sleep cycles are off and you feel totally off, you know, Mm -hmm. and like alcohol, the sleep, and then the lack of sleep or the lack of consistent sleep would always, I tell clients this all the time. Sleep is like number one, because if you're not getting good sleep, you know, those nights where you go out and you don't sleep really well at all. Then the next day you, you can't get, you can't get satisfied. You can't get full. You're just craving and craving these sugary breads and stuff all day long. It is such a cycle, (laughs) such a vicious cycle. So what's the optimal sleep for people? Like, is it, you know, 9 PM to 6 AM? Is it 11 PM to 7 AM? What, like how long is, I guess it's more about the quality of sleep, but I'd love to kind of hear about what you've learned when it comes to sleep, any actionable tips. I think that the best way to gauge if you're getting good sleep is not necessarily the hours, but not how you feel when you right wake up. Cause as soon as you wake up, you're like, I want to go back to bed. Nobody wakes up and they're just, you know, birds are chirping, all these things. Give yourself about 35, 40 minutes and then see how you're feeling. And for sleep, I would, I would say seven to seven to nine hours. Some people, if they get more than that, they're deliriously tired all day. Some people, they have to have at least six and a half and they function really well. Isn't that weird that if you oversleep, you're like way too tired. Like when, when Ben, my boyfriend like sleeps in and we have like an amazing sleep, well quote, amazing sleep of 10 hours. Like once in a while, we'll like on the weekend or something, we just won't put it on and we just like sleep for 10 hours. Or if you like black out the curtains. Oh yeah. We totally do that. So he will wake up after a 10 hour sleep being like, Oh my God, I feel amazing. I'm so glad that we had such a deep sleep. And I'm there. Like, I feel terrible. I wish I woke up earlier because I'm exhausted and my brain isn't working. Why is that? I'm a, I'm a goblin. If I'm waking up at that time, he can get five hours and be like totally optimal next day. Men are garbage. I just can't stand it. Like, I don't know why they can do what they do, but I think, so what it really is, is that during, during sleep, your body is, that's its recovery time. Right. And when we get out of a rhythm, our body really craves a rhythm and it craves a routine. So if you have If you have five nights in a row where you're consistently going to bed around the same time, waking up around the same time, and then you have one of those mornings, it probably won't affect you too, too much because yeah, you're out of rhythm that one day, but you have such a foundation built. But if you start to, you know, Monday night, you're going to bed at midnight, Tuesday night, you're in bed at 9am, 9pm. If it's fluctuating that much all the time, then you're never going to really know your baseline. And you're always going to be in that it's always like you're starting 
a couple steps behind. Like you're starting yeah. at a deficit, if you will. Yeah. And also that's when thyroid production is really happening. Uh, you're producing human growth hormone, all of these hormones that need to be fixed. They say that your thyroid production, your thyroid is really supported and produced around three or 4 a.m. So if you're like tossing and turning all night, you know how there's the witching hour, people always wake up around three. I think it has something to do with that. Yeah. I don't I know always, why. I always go pee at like 4 a.m. Okay. See, it's similar, <laughs> but also that could be your body saying, hey, like we're rested enough. Oh no, <laughs> no, definitely not. I, my ideal situation is waking up with the sun. Yes. So no matter what time of the year it is, I just feel like that's most natural for our bodies. But then again, like if the sun goes down at 7 PM, does that mean we need to go to sleep at seven? No, like it's so hard. It's so hard. Well, in Charleston, we have, I mean, we have daylight savings time, but again, people are still out like at a baseball game at 9 PM and it's still light out dinner at 9 PM. Like I cannot eat dinner late. Is that the circadian rhythm thing, right? Eating times. I would absolutely. And yeah. so that whole, that whole clock, but do you intermittent fast? Uh, yes, but like an, unintentionally, unintentionally, but well, I guess we're all intermittent fasting when we're sleeping, but mm-hmm. you know, um, I'll finish dinner around seven, like start eating around six 30, kind of finish by seven. I don't really usually have any food after, unless I have like a healthy hot chocolate or something, one of my favorite organify healthy hot chocolates. So that obviously does not count as part of a fast. Cause it's like, but it's only like 20 calories. It's like herbs and adaptogens. Well, it's, and, yeah. The thing I love about that organify product, they have sweetened, it's a sweet flavor, but they don't have, um, uh, insulin and blood sugar spiking sugars. Right. So that's what really is good for the intermittent fast. Yeah. And in their greens juice, like my, I have like a naturopathic doctor and she was telling me how there are so many green powders that have like so many chemicals in them. And like, it's really bad apparently. So I sent her a picture of the green juice powder and she was like, no, this is so high quality. So yeah, I just, I trust the products. I've actually had one of the founders on, um, I think they're, it's like they're co-founders, but I had one of them on the podcast too. They're so sweet. Like I just love them. You and me have had like very similar experiences because yeah. I had Drew and May on as well. And oh, no way. you had May. Yeah. May. And they're amazing. Like they yeah. get the product. They, they get the product. They get it. Hey guys, future Mimi here. I just quickly wanted to let you know that if you want to try that healthy hot chocolate that is only 20 calories, low sugar, full of beautiful adaptogens and herbs a healthy hot chocolate that literally makes you feel amazing the next morning. I feel so refreshed and not like I just ate loads of chocolate the night before when I have this, then go to Organifi.com forward slash Mimi to get a big discount off of your order. That is Organifi.com slash Mimi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. It ends with an I, not a Y. Dot com slash Mimi, M-I-M-I. And use my code Mimi at checkout for 20% off, which is one of the biggest discounts I've ever seen them offer. And also while you're at it, grab one of the green juice powders as well because honestly I have that every morning they're my greens every morning and if you mix a little bit of fresh lemon juice and you have it with really icy cold water and a handful of ice it's like the best morning drink 
in the world. It's so refreshing. It's so energizing. There's a little bit of natural caffeine, like green tea extract and all that good stuff in there. So you don't even need coffee if you're not a big coffee person. It really gives you a bit of a boost. So I would highly suggest you check it out. The healthy hot chocolate is called Organifi Chocolate Gold. It's their gold drink. And then the green juice is so good too. Also, I use their vanilla vegan protein powder every single morning in my smoothie. So definitely worth it as well. Now let's get back to the episode with Eliza. And so yeah, intermittent fasting. Um, yeah, so yeah, maybe I'll have that at like nine, but like five, four days a week, maybe not. Yeah, maybe like every other day. And, um, and then I wake up and I actually usually, so I have that greens powder, like the greens juice, like kind of like an hour after I wake up and then I have mm-hmm. my coffee like a half hour later. So I don't know, like with, with drinks involved, I don't intermittent fast long enough. I used to do it way more, but when it comes to food, I probably eat breakfast around 10 30 and stop eating food at like seven. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that I think that one thing about intermittent fasting, and this goes into the sleep cycle. So with your sleep, and this is like sleep and digestion and intermittent fasting, but you get the proper amount of sleep. And then by that time, you know, you've had the muscle recovery, you, your hormones have gotten a little attention by having some rest. And then you've also healed some of your cells. Like Mm -hmm. that's really when the cell dead cell removal happens. But when you wake up, And maybe you get your movement in, you get your hydration in, but when you wake up, if you're going to work out in the morning, let's say you, a lot of clients that I work with, it's like, wake up cup of coffee and then go do a hit workout. And then after their intense hit workout, they still are like, oh, well, I'm still intermittent fasting. Not going to eat for another two and a half hours. That's when the hormones are like, please, can I have something? Because they're just in this crazy state of fight or flight. And what happens is if we're under eating while we have that intense morning routine, if we're under fueling ourselves, then our body, again, our body loves routine, then it's going to get into the routine of having only a smaller amount of calories. So it's not going to want to burn as much and it's not going to want to use its like fuel, uh, what are the, like it, the fuel economy, the fuel funds that you have is lacking and you're not going to be able to produce muscle, burn fat, do all the things that you need to do. So I think intermittent fasting is fantastic if you're doing it properly. Like but then after you work out, you need to eat basically is what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. at least, at least you an hour hungry. After. You should be hungry as well. After yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Starting after a workout. So what do you think about like eating small meals throughout the day versus three sufficient meals? Like if you're a nurse and you have no ability to have snacks throughout the day, clearly that's not going to work for you. Maybe you need two big meals, but if you can, and that works for you, that's great. I think that it works really well for men because you've seen like bodybuilding men and they'll have those Tupperware and they have five different meals, six different meals throughout the day which works for them because for a man, especially their bodies and their digestion is like an incinerator. It's just burning everything up and then they can poop immediately after every meal. Like I don't understand, but typically with women, our digestion is a little bit slower. And I think that spaced out meals are a little bit safer because it gives your body that break in between. Cause if there's, there's so much more than just chewing, swallowing, and it going to your stomach. 
that happens with digestion. Mm -hmm. So if you are able to space out your meals by like three and a half or so hours and give your body that chance to really rest, that's when you're going to notice a huge shift in your digestion. I think that a big, a big reason why people don't see the results in the gym with their skin, with their energy, it's because they have this blockage, this intense digestive blockage that's stagnant in their gut and they can't get it out. And they might think this is when like deer pellets come into play. Like they've got deer pellets for their bathroom in the morning and it's just not a smooth experience. So that's when you want to take a look at, okay, what is actually, what am I, what am I getting out there? And how am I eating my meals? Am I eating them super rushed throughout the day? Um, is there balance? Am I just eating vegetables? Is there enough to bulk up the stool? Um, and then you can really pass it through and detoxify and eliminate what you need to eliminate in order to get through to what you need to, to what you're really looking to get through, like healed hormones, healthy gut, clear skin, thick hair, all these different things. Yeah. Super cool. Okay. I guess one of the last things I want to ask you is you've had your podcast for a while now. You've had so many great guests on your show. What are some of the craziest things you've learned from guests on your show? What are some of the coolest guests you've had, like most interesting ones? I'd love to learn about that. That's a good question. I I tell people all the time, I'm like, the podcast is really for me because I'm just so interested in how to get better, like optimal performance. One friend that I have, so her name is Helen. She has been on the podcast a few different times. She, um, she's fantastic. She's a Charleston local. She created a company called Blender Bombs and she is all about productivity. So she is all about efficiency. She's like Uber Eats, make it as quick as possible. I don't want to have to deal with it. If someone else can do it for me, do it. She'll sleep. (laughs) I don't do this, but she will sleep in her jeans. She like sleeps in her jeans so that she wakes up and she feels like she's ready for business. She doesn't feel like she wants to like lounge around and be lazy in the morning. She's like, I need to be productive. And so she sleeps in her clothes. That's one lifestyle. Wow. I've learned. I hope they're clean clothes. Cause one of my biggest icks is like outside clothing on the bed. <laughs> I completely agree. I completely agree. We have implemented the no shoes in the house policy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So that you'll, you'll love this one. Do you have a dog? You don't have a dog. I want one so bad. I had is it happening. Uh, we're building a house. We want to wait till the house is done. Cause we want to give the dog a backyard. We're in an apartment right now. We don't want to have to like go downstairs every time it has to go to the bat. It's like a whole thing sure. but in the next, hopefully, or if we get another rental while waiting for the house to be built and cause it will take a year, which I'm actually really looking into honestly. So, uh, yeah, yeah. that'd be amazing. Well, uh, one thing that I had on, I can't remember who it was, but it was a gut health pro and one of her big tips was in order to support your gut microbiome, you want to, you don't want to have your pets sleeping on your bed or near your bed. And I automatically, you know, you're already thinking so many people that like have the pets in their bed, in their pillowcases, like under the sheets all the time, because something about sleeping with your pets and what they bring in on their paws. Of course, when it comes into the bed, it's gross anyways, but you just don't think about it when it comes to your pets, Mm -hmm. but the bacteria that comes in on the pet's paws 
will can disrupt your gut microbiome and uh, affect allergies actually. So that's something to look into if you're feeling affected in your gut, then that's one thing to definitely look into. Wow. That's one that we don't hear often. No. And also, I don't even know where these are coming from. I'm just like thinking. I love it. No, this is so fun for me to listen to as well. And I'm sure the audience. But I will say something to implement if you are wanting to elevate your lifestyle, a, a huge part of digestion and optimizing digestion and energy is hydration. Some people will say, oh, well, I don't want to drink that much water because I don't want to run to the bathroom every Mm -hmm. five minutes. And I get that, but by taking a small pinch of pink salt or Celtic salt and putting it in your water each morning, you're, uh, remineralizing and giving your body natural electrolytes. So your body is actually absorbing the water without bloating you instead of it just passing through you. So it, it helps if you're trying to stay hydrated, but you don't want to run to the bathroom. So that any nurses that I work with or teachers that can't just get up and pee, then I always just mention like, Hey, little, little sprinkle of sea salt in your water and it will tenfold benefit you. Wow. That's, yeah. That's very cool. Okay. <laughs> That's so fun. I love it. Um, I love it. so I guess my question for you next is what are you working on at the moment? Like what is like a personal goal or a career goal? I'm just interested. Yeah. The podcast is about four plus years old right now. We're developing more merchandise, which is exciting. So we have hotter than health tote bags. And the goal is for people to bring them to like local farmers markets and pack them up. I mean, it's not reinventing the wheel, but it's something that people can have that says hotter than health and they're cute. That's something I'm really excited about. We're trying to find someone who can do it. And like, we want to do it locally. We want to do many jobs with someone, but it is genuinely really hard to find someone to do that type of work. Shockingly. Yeah. I know someone, but it's not local. Yeah. Well, at this point, (laughs) then we'll, we'll exchange that info later, but I'll tell you that's something that we're working on, which is very exciting. Um, and then personally, I've actually been, I've been trying to read like two books a month and I went through a period of a few years where all I did was read to learn, 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 learn. And I I love to learn. I'm learning all the time, but sometimes I just want to enjoy and read some fiction or read something romance, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I've been trying to read one or two books a month. And so far it's changed my nighttime routine. I love it. I will genuinely like, I'll have a cup of tea or the (laughs) Organifi hot chocolate and I'll be in bed and I will not, I'm not a headlamp, but I got like a clip to put on the book because I want to, I want to keep reading after my boyfriend goes to bed. It's, it's been, uh, it's like bringing out the inner kid in me. Yes. I have the exact same light clip for the exact same reason. It's the best. And I really, so we should, we need to get headlamps. I need a headlamp. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it's just so much easier because it's a little clunky on there, but for turning the pages, but I think the headlamp would be 
next level. Oh my gosh. We should definitely make a cute one. Get one made. Get a cute headlamp made. If it's possible. Uh, Well, Eliza, this was such a fun episode. I love hearing your stories and everything you've learned. And um, yeah, it's just been so nice chatting. Where can everyone find you if they want to listen to your podcast and find you on Insta? Sure. My Instagram is at Eliza G underscore wellness. I'm Charleston based. If anyone is in Charleston ever, then you know, let me know. And then hotter than health is anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever go subscribe, listen to the episode with Mimi. It was so much fun. Loved having you on as well. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This is great.